as Fat Albert would say, this is Baron Vaughn, and welcome back to Deep Shit. Or, rather, welcome in the first time. You could be a first-time listener, and you're like, ah, what's this deep shit thing about? I think I listened. Or you could be someone who's heard the last couple episodes, which I hope you've enjoyed, um, especially the last episode with Mr. Zach Sherwin. Uh, we had a good talk, and we actually sat down today to um, um, uh, record his second episode, so I hope you will enjoy that when it comes out. <laughs> You have no concept of what today is. That's 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 the thing. I'm saying today, but it could be any day to you. It's it's the podcast world. I could be recording this in 2005. Um, right now, I am in Canada, Vancouver, Canada. I'm shooting the second season of my TV show, Fairly Legal, which is going very well. It's been really cool. Uh, it's gloomy and cold and rainy as shit up here. I mean, it's not the East Coast where it's snowing. It's the West Coast in Canada. I mean, uh, well, Vancouver is only three hours north of Seattle. So we have the same sort of weather, except just a little colder than Seattle. So it rains a lot, um, and it's been very gray and very cold. It's gloomy. I I prefer snow to rain, because snow is like, oh, winter wonderland. But rain is just wet and gross, no matter what you do. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, Today's episode is with Mr. Kyle Kinane. Um, Kyle is becoming a friend, has, is becoming or has become a friend. I don't really know. I don't know where I stand with the guy. (laughs) Maybe you'll know more about where I stand with him when you listen to this podcast. Um, he lives down the street from me and, um, he's been blowing up in the last couple of years, you know, um, getting a lot of respect, a lot of props from some dogs, big dogs in the comedy world and the comedy scene. It's good stuff. Um, and you know, he's a very cool guy and we got to sit down and talk about comedy in terms of his longevity, um, that how is it that you stay relevant and stay funny and, and, um, don't become a person who is completely unaware of when you've lost your relevance. Um, that is something that he, his existence is wrapped up with and, um, I, I could say it's the same for me. Also, so uh, we sat down and had a good talk, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Here's Kyle. I got pulled. I know I got pulled over because I was singing. Like I know, I know that's <laughs> what why. you were doing. Because the excuse that they gave is like, "Well, you were following the car in front of you too close, and then you accelerated to a speed of forty miles an hour in a thirty-five mile an hour zone." And it's because he saw me at night singing, and I'm sh- I'm convinced, like, oh, that guy's probably drunk. Let's check it out. And I passed all my tests, but I wouldn't blow. What what? What did you sing? I was singing Tesla. <laughs> What's the song in particular? Uh, I think it was. I think it was what you give because it was that was what was on in my car when I got up the next morning <laughs> when I went to pick up my car. Oh, so it was like a CD. Oh yeah. Oh beautiful. Or, or it was on the iPod, like like because I remember I'm like, hey, can you put my stuff in the console so it doesn't get stolen? Because they had to they had to park my car. And- oh yikes. Okay. Well, but do you feel fit because you're riding a bike everywhere? Because you look like you've lost a little weight. Well, thanks. You do. You look a little fitter. Thanks. I've been, <laughs> you I've been athletic. You weren't expecting compliments, were you? No, it's very <laughs> flattering. I appreciate it. No, I'm, I'm like I went skateboarding the other day. I go mountain biking a whole bunch. I do stuff. Okay. People don't think I do stuff. People think I'm just a fucking drunk. I do stuff. It's because you kind of have this. Uh, Levine and I went surfing. A couple I know. Weeks ago. She told me about it. You guys are uh, our, pro- our producer, Katie Levine, over here. She's talking about you going surfing. She's like, mm-hmm. you stood up on the board. She was very proud. She pushed me in the wave, and I stood up on the board. I did it. You pushed him into a wave. 
That sounds meaner. It actually makes sense in surfing context. Outside, you pushed me into a wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds rude. That's probably what it is. You know, I always, I, I'm not a, uh, where did you grow up? Chicago. Okay, so did you go to the beach a lot, like on that lake? No, on that, on that lake? Isn't you guys got a lake over there, right? got a lake. What part of Chicago? Barrington? <laughs> Actually, Addison, but good call on the Barrington. Well, I literally just had lunch at the Alcove, and I said something about Chicago, and a guy's like, hey, I'm from Barrington. Where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm not from there. Well, the- that's a reason to... Talk to somebody. It was. He wasn't. A, he wasn't a bad guy. But uh, <laughs> I just wanted to throw out a random town outside of Chicago that From I'm Chicago. Knew. That's on Earth. My name's Rick. Displains. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Um, but yeah, you have a beach there because of the lake. Yeah, you can use that a couple weekends. A but year. that's not really like an ocean beach. It's a totally different. No, thing, yeah, right? you don't surf or anything. It's just it's the water's frigid. It's still always oh, glacial. Practically, even that's the funny. Like you, it gets so hot there. It'll be like over. 100 plus humidity, you're like, let's just get in the water. And you get in the water and your feet go numb immediately and you're back outside. Like, oh, it's too hot. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I just didn't grow up in a beach culture or, or water culture. I grew up in the desert. Where are you from? Vegas. Oh, that's right. That's I right. was born in New Mexico and then we moved to Las Vegas. We we're like, hey, this desert isn't hot enough. And then we went to a hotter <laughs> desert. <laughs> that's basically what happened. I don't know how kids grow up in Vegas. Neither do I. Neither do like this <laughs> guy. But it's like you go there and you're like, this, you don't bring a family here. Well, you know, I mean, you, like, don't, you don't just raise but children you, with morals. But when you go to Vegas, you go to like Vegas. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, yeah. Right? With the, the shoulder hunching and the, <laughs> and the <laughs> raspy voice. Uh, the slap, slap. Time for some guys. roulette and vagina. Um, <laughs> there's got to be a guy who wakes up and goes. I got nobody says pussy anymore because it was dirty, but everybody's like, ooh, vagina. And that sounds way more gross. It does like, sound. I think it's funny. I think vagina is a funnier word than pussy. That's that's my thing because it's, it's three syllables. It's like it doesn't take that long to describe what it is. Threes. It, it, exactly. Did a bug just fly off of my face? Yeah. yeah. How long was it on there for before saying it? Get out of here, Sally Kellerin. I didn't even feel it land. It just flew off my <laughs> it face. It like have, it was just there. I have a big sensitivity about I'm dirty bugs or about flies and stuff. Like, but you let it sit on my face. No, We're sitting across from one another. I didn't talking. think it was gonna land there. I thought it was gonna be like, oh, this is this, this terrain is not. <laughs> it's, it's unfriendly. Not, it's not for landing. This is a this is a bike riding terrain. Unwelcoming person. <laughs> exactly. This guy probably knows Tesla, and he <laughs> he still uh, landed on your face anyway. Yeah. Anyway, oh, but Vegas, right? So. It's just a big suburb, a big hot suburb outside of the strip. That's basically yeah. what it is. I go to, I went I remember going a couple of years ago and my little sister had a little league game, softball, and I went mm. to that and half of the team was named Paris and the other half was named Madison and then there were three <laughs> girls who weren't named Paris or Madison. <laughs> Out of like the 10. They were swiftly chastised. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, this is just a big suburb. This is just a big suburb with it, horrible air. Oh, it's real bad air. The air is, the pollution is pretty bad, especially because it's just dry desert. That's true. You know, wind, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like, even now, just the strip malls are like, at least, I grew up in the suburbs, but at least there was like, there's fields or some places where you can go and get out of the sight of adults and get in trouble. Mm. And I don't know now. You just see that, like, where were those fields in Vegas? Uh, well, I mean, you could get out and go into the desert. I assume there's, you know, yeah, but creepy you... spots where you just poke at things with sticks. But like, where nowadays with the, the, the sprawl is just, is there any adventure left? Or is that's? I mean, that's the question that I asked too. Like most of the time, until the recession, which is how I knew the recession was, gonna, was happening, 
or that it was starting because Vegas has consistently been the fastest growing city in America for like 20 years. Yeah. And then we got unseated. And when I heard that, it was like, oh, people are starting to leave Vegas. I'm like, what? Yeah. Something must be going on. And then everything started happening. And then it's all going to shit. Because every time I went to Vegas, anything that was darkness was buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, every time. And then it just stopped. And now there's like these skeletons of hotels that just aren't finished. And they literally look like skeletons, just like beams sticking out into the night sky. It's pretty, pretty poetic, brother. Pretty it, poetic. It, it is, no. But when you see, like, somebody has to bail out and stuff like that, is kind of like you would think if you're making a building, you have a plan. <laughs> I mean, I could see not finishing making a meal. Like, gosh, I screwed this up. I got to throw up. But like uh, a, a whole it. building, yeah. Oh, we just have to stop. And just, then it's just there. Like there was a casino outside of Chicago that they half built, and then there was corruption or something. They didn't have the right permits. Just, <laughs> there there was just corruption or something. You know, the history of the city of Chicago. <laughs> you know, there was just the standard. Uh, yeah, out in Rosemont. That's right. Who was it that had? Oh, John Oliver. He had that great joke about Rod Blagojevich because he got indicted, right? Yeah. And I get who he, senator. He mayor was no, governor. No. I think governor. Governor. Yeah. So I think it was out of the last eight governors, four of them were indicted on criminal charges. Yeah. There was uh, the license scam. I think that was with Thomas. <laughs> I think. Uh, he basically compared it because like, it was like if you grow up in the south side, he had the, compa- he had the statistics of what your likelihood is to go to jail, which was less than if you become the governor of <laughs> Illinois. That was the, that was the bit. Um, I can't, I mean, of course he puts it in a stand-up way yeah, that's yeah, funny, yeah. but you, you guys get the idea. <laughs> you know, we don't have to do the joke parts. We don't have uh, to do the jokes. Jokety smokes. We're just gonna, we're just gonna explain other people's jokes. That's Spe- the, speaking of explaining <laughs> oneself, man, I'm so good at transitions. <laughs> Remember that one where Bill Cosby and his brother and they got in trouble? <laughs> that was a fun one. Yeah. You mean his brother that he slept with? <laughs> yeah. Um, that always sounds weird when you say to my brother whom I slept with. The first time I saw that, I was like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, oh, it's much more innocent. It's Bill Cosby. Um, now, when we talked the other day, uh, I put the question of this podcast to you, mm-hmm. which is, what is that thing, that big life theme? And I say that with quotation fingers that mm-hmm. you constantly find yourself coming back to. And you said, well, I'll let you explain it. That's becoming my it's becoming my trademark to say that. And the alley oop. And the alley oop. Oh, okay. A life theme. I I well as we discussed, I would say it's fear. But then I was thinking about that. It's, it's like I'm not a fearful person. Yeah, I don't fear think is a strong. But I guess just concern. There's no guarantee to what we're doing. There's no as comedians. There's far, yeah, as comedians, as just any kind of like career in show business on mm-hmm. the uh, entertainment on the entertainment side, side you know, as okay. opposed to the business side, which is nothing but longevity. But yeah, <laughs> you'll last forever, basically. <laughs> I'm an agent. I'll be fine. Oh, but, well, but the idea, like, there's plenty of people in show business that you don't realize that are in lighting and are in, uh, yeah, you know that. Okay, you're in a union. It's a union job like any other city, right? But. The idea, like, okay, is my mental capabilities going to be there? Meaning, can I keep producing? Uh, a, a not required because there's no requirements. Nobody needs us to do this except for ourselves. So you say. I got some arguments. Continue though. But well, no, I mean, yeah, and not the bigger argument from like, oh, we need comedians, we need music like this, but nobody needs 
you to do it specifically. Okay, I got you. I don't think anybody, nobody needs me to do this. Yeah. So I have I to say, do make this. It, make it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. So- <laughs> Speak for yourself. Nobody needs me. Or you You see, no one needs you. Everyone's like, Baron, Baron, tell us. Everyone needs a little Baron Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the idea that I'm not necessary hmm. to the functioning of the world. If shit goes down, if things crumble, and I was actually talking with Jonah Ray about this just yesterday, like, I, I keep thinking, like, what if the big earthquake does happen in L.A. and it's just a bunch of people going, well, I can sing, I can dance, like, <laughs> how are we going to... We'll be left over. But then he was the one who put together, he's like, no, we have a bunch of people here that know construction, that all because, still because of show business, but no electricity and lighting, and still know, not lighting, like, oh, well, we can light the disaster, but we'll still know how to, you know, put together... You know, knowing the uh, electrical systems, things like that. So that mm-hmm. was that was uh, relieving to me. But like, uh, yeah, nobody needs me to do this. So, am I going to be able to maintain uh, a le- an output that will sustain me? I, I don't know. Hmm. You know, some people you see some people that burn out. Some people so uh, they maybe, get comfortable. Maybe it's longevity is what you're talking about. Sustain. Yeah. But it's if it's even bigger than that because it's still it's like you know I go back home and. You know, I live down the street with a roommate, and I'm 34, and I'm like, okay, out here, that's not a big deal. Right. But and it's, it's not Everywhere at all. else, it's like, what's wrong with you? But it's it's sneaking in my head, like, like, oh, you should just, you know, now my friends are, like, married, but of course, now my friends are getting divorced, too. I'm like, wow, that's, I know I wanted to avoid that <laughs> since day one. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want this marriage kids thing. That's not my rag. If somebody else knows they want it, cool, go for it. Not my thing. Are you open to changing? Yeah, I always, always. Okay, but right now, right now, right now, not at all. Yeah. I, right, because right now I still have to be concerned with myself trying to survive. Uh, you know, that, that was the most terrifying you got this thing. DUI you're dealing with. I got a DUI, which I mean, drop in the bucket as far as problems in the world. Uh, but okay, yeah, I, but this I, is your problem. This is what you're dealing with. Immediate to Kyle Kinane. Yeah, but I have a hard time. Yeah, you know, I still try to. Uh, oh well, again, I'm not important. What's the you know what's what else is going on? Okay, can I find my little corner of this thing? Can I just okay do jokes and some people like them? Cool. How can I keep doing that mm-hmm. for a living? Not even a grant. Like just let me live on my own. <laughs> let me afford my own apartment. That's my goal right now. Let me afford my own apartment. I probably would be easier off if I didn't have to spend five grand on a lawyer for all this bullshit. But different story. But bullshit happens. There's always bull. <laughs> there's always the stuff. That happens on the way that you won't expect. Yeah. That'll knock you off a little bit. But, I mean, did you grow Contingency up like... Contingency plan. Were your, were your friends, uh, and like, did you start like high school friends that did comedy? Or were you in theater? So you had people with those kind of dreams or, or goals in mind? Because I didn't. Yes. Okay. Um, I always wanted to be some sort of entertainer. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it has to do with, as my album is called, Raised by Cable watching a shitload of cable and uh nick at night in specific mm-hmm. i watched a lot of nick at night and they would constantly play reruns of the old snl original five years yeah right and then i would also see all these old sitcoms donna reed and patty duke and then when i think sammy davis jr was on patty duke mm-hmm. it was almost like like it was the fucking 60s for me i was like a black person on television <laughs> We did it. We did it. That's like a that's like a five year old in New Mexico. Did you guys know that this could? Did happen? you know this could happen? I could do that. And it sort of that that sort of set me on the path in a kind of a way, if I think about it. But it was like I did 
because I've always been a good. I feel like I talked about this maybe in a different, uh, just a little mm-hmm. bit. But like I've always been a good reader. Yeah. And so in middle school, when we had our little pamphlets that were summaries of classic literature yeah. as opposed to the actual classic literature, yeah. I was always because I could read off a page without making any mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then it became, and then I would just kind of do bits. And I was already watching stand up at this time, like middle school. Yeah. And then I went to the performing arts high school because our librarian was the wife of the principal. So I auditioned and went uh, to okay. performing arts high school. But. See, I thought that was something that only existed like on Fame or something. Like I didn't even know those were real places. They're real. There's a couple different ones in in um, in the states, but they don't necessarily mean anything. It doesn't mean like if you go to a performing arts high school that something's going to happen because of it. No, but the but fact I was that, that it to, was given as an option yeah. versus well, learn math and science. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, there was a specialty school for that. Like you know, yeah. people who were really accelerated at math and science. Yeah, I just had the regular public school of like I was in the smart kid classes, except for math. I kept failing out. Well, ultimately, it was a public school because it wasn't like you didn't have to pay like anything to go to it. It's but a, but you were nurtured and we were nurtured like like you can't we had do we this. had regular classes, but we also had theater class and did mm-hmm. plays and stuff. But we still had to do everything that you do at a high school, and yeah. it was still all that bullshit. Because we yeah we had the th- you know there was the theater program it was extracurricular. And those people just got on my nerves. Like I, I just couldn't stand them. I was most of the time they got on my nerves too, and I had to be around them all the time. <laughs> I was, well, I was just a smart ass in high school. Like and, you know, that's where I started getting wise cracking Kyle Kinane. That was it. Just you know, smart mouth, <laughs> smart but enough. I think it. I think I got lucky. I think that. I think the the comments were smart enough that the teachers would laugh a few times in spite mm. of themselves. So that kind of like that kept me out of being just in trouble because of it. And then I knew when they're like, "All right, all right, calm down." That's what I. Okay, I understand. Now we're gonna. Yeah. We got to learn something. And I was watching stand up too, but again, that was not something that you saw like as a thing. I didn't even like there was one comedy club. There's Zanies downtown Chicago, which I, I mean I didn't even know about in high school, mm-hmm. and it was just it just seemed Zanies. There's this guy, with, you know, Blaze. Like that just seems it's, stupid. It's a bad name. <laughs> They're <laughs> all like, and it's all there's no Chuckle Hut. Take it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's always the joke. Cause I was playing the like, Ding Dong House over there. It's it's hard. I don't want to tell somebody as a, an adult that that's where my checks come from. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What are you doing? Well, I work at GE. What are you doing? I'm at Banana Jimmy's. <laughs> Four shows this make weekend. It, trying to make you spit nachos out of your yeah, mouth. It's come like on. Three drink minimum. Yeah. And yeah. Eight, eight item. I mean, the way comedy, and it's changing. I mean, there's a lot of clubs that are, you mm-hmm. know, that, that are take the initiative that's a whole if, if we want to get into well, that, because well, the way comedy is being treated it's like it's a it's a form it's it, a form and it should be just you don't you don't go into a music club like i like music let's go see music i yeah. don't this music is bad no you didn't research what music you were going to see why do people treat comedy the same way? but you know and my, my opinion is that because i was talking to somebody about this it's like what the comedy boom of the 80s is mm-hmm. when the 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 paradigm of host mc uh, like mc feature headliner became mm-hmm. the structure because yeah. before that, the whoever you came to see was the host. Like you yeah. came to see Lenny Bruce, he literally was the first person out on the stage, yeah. and then he brought on other acts so he could take a little breather. Mm-hmm. But it's different when the person you came to see introduces an act as opposed to now, where it's like, "Where's the guy I came to see? Yeah. Who's this bastard?" Sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that that happens more in underground comedy than it does in clubs. Because in mm-hmm. underground comedy, people kind of gravitate towards shows 
because they like the personalities of the people who run the shows. They or like, they the, like scene. the quality. Yeah, or they like the quality of comedy. It's, yeah. they, they feel like it speaks to them more. Well, and that they're attracted to the form as opposed to the the venue. And that goes back to longevity thing is going back and seeing guys that were headliners ten years ago when I was in Chicago are now just the house MC and they never change their act. And what if you're just the guy that I mean, you get to headline clubs. And you get a little bit of a pay increase, but your life still, you know, at what point are you like, I can't just be gone three weeks a month. So yeah, just, forever. Just, just forever. Yeah, forever. Well, what do you think is, uh, what do you think that those guys are missing? Like, what do you think is the difference? I don't know. That's, why, okay. I, I think that's I, what you're trying to come to. And what it is, it's like, that's why it's like, oh, no, keep writing new stuff. Be relevant and go oh we like this guy and make him give him a reason to come back next time because it's new mm-hmm. whereas you go see somebody twice you're like oh he did the same act a year later yeah, and you know, you're not going to come back uh, a third time there was a club that i will remain unnamed that i wanted to do because i've heard good things about mm-hmm. it. it's in the south it's in the south and uh what what do you say I was, I was saying which one but off oh, which one? <laughs> yeah yeah okay that's yeah, a good visual gag for people who are listening <laughs> <laughs> just mouthing every He's secret. Like, wow, wait, what is it? What is Tell it? me over it's here, but we're, we're not by the mic. Over here, now we're by the fireplace. What's going on? <laughs> um, and uh, my booking agent was like, "Well, the methodology of the guy who runs that place is huge, huge, huge famous comedian, or huge, 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 huge hack. It's either someone who's going to sell tickets or someone who's not going to offend anyone at all." That offers no nothing unique. So people who are just going to a comedy show see comedy with quotation marks. Oh yeah. If it's sure. not if it's not someone gigantic, like if it's not Kevin Hart or you know Lewis Black, that can that that, that those are draws. Yeah. They can sell out a room, even though they're not really doing comedy clubs anymore. But that's that's not the fucking circus. Like come one, come all. Children and adults are, alike will enjoy this. But generally, no. that's what people are. Do, that's what people but think. That's not, the people who are running comedy clubs not, generally think. But more and more places are like they know they they're putting out a consistent quality of com- and and type of of comedy that the audience that a few places realize they'll get loyal customers by provide. Every example of just like provide a good product and you'll get loyal customers. Well, but you know, there's a reason nobody gives a fuck about Burger King and In-N-Out has lines around it every single day. <laughs> you just pay treat your employees nice, pay respect your employees and put out a good product and that's how businesses succeed. But here's the thing, and I think this is oh, here's the thing, like I'm I'm really I'm agreeing with you mm-hmm. in that In-N-Out is here's a good burger mm-hmm. and you go for the burger. But generally Burger King is trying to sell you the idea of Burger King, right? But you've got employees that aren't making shit, so they don't care to help you. Whereas, like, in and out, oh, livable wages livable and wages. insurance. So that person's like, you know what? I have a decent job. I'm going to be good at this. Well, I'm just saying. Care. Even if you're just working at a burger place, still. But I'm like, making the comparison to comedy clubs Yeah, in that usually as opposed to the quality of the act comedy clubs generally are selling you the comedy club like they're selling you like come to a comedy club whoever's here is here it's the club that's important but get the drinks and buy food exactly you have to buy and you have to pay this much money to get in and it's it's just it's it is it's like it's a fast food but to be fair there are a lot of clubs that luckily are doing it really well and Mm. treat their staffs great staffs i don't know why i turned it staffs (laughs) 
They're staves. They stave. <laughs> they stave the staffs of Stavendum. They treat them great, and then they have good product. They book, they're interested in like booking comedians that aren't just mm. draws. Some clubs that when they get like the club becomes popular and people just go, then they they're smarter with who they book. Like, yeah. they're like they're like, well, you know, people are coming, so why don't we book this interesting person? And then people come back to that. Like I'm thinking yeah. specifically to talk good about Cap City in in mm-hmm. Austin, Texas. Like right. they have a really great rep. People just go to it, and then they book interesting acts too. That's I mean that's uh, Helium is doing that. Yeah. Punchline in, Sa- in uh, San Francisco is doing that, uh, and Sacramento too. And uh, yeah. Sacramento too. Sac- yeah, Sacramento yeah. and uh, and uh, Comedy Works in Denver. Yeah, so there's people that are doing it well, but then there are other places where I guess that they don't have as big of a scene or as big of an audience. And I've seen some places where, and as you have, where mm-hmm. there's maybe more than one club and they're feuding, and they've destroyed oh. the comedy scene because they're they're bullying comedians into either my high my way or the highway sort the, of thing. The best there's these guy did the show in Indianapolis because I haven't played either one of the clubs. It's one of those things. There's one club. And if you play it, you can't play this other place. And so these guys that just live there are like, you know what? Fuck you. And I just put their own room on on Sundays. Like, screw both you guys. And I went and did that room instead of a club. And it was a great time. See, and I. And it was one night. It was one event. Like, instead of feeling like a house band, like nine shows, nothing makes you feel like a like a, a caricature artist on this. Like, oh, nine shows. Yeah. And you're just sick of your own voice. Well, your own, your own act is just going. And you just you can think of something entirely different while you're just talking. And it's 11 o'clock show on a Saturday. Everybody's drunk. You're t- like, nobody even gives it. This is just ringing money. Out of the world. That's all it is. It's I'm. Ex- <laughs> it's, it's, it's a wet towel that doesn't have any more water to give. It, no, it's all it is. It's like I'm much. I'm trying to design it, and I'm not making nearly enough money. I'm sure as a, if I was just regularly headlining. Well, but I would also burn myself out again. The longevity thing. If I had to do, you know, seven shows, nine shows a week mm-hmm. for, uh, for like three weeks, I would. I'd be so sick of myself and that's that's what I would see is like especially when I started is these headliners were just on autopilot they could mm. just and because they're on autopilot the audience they laugh at the punchline but nobody walked out of there going wow but that yeah that's a guy that really said something that he was important it was laugh but it was important to me or like oh I get it or like it was just they provided the product. The people left happy. Keep doing it over and over. And then, like the guys who were, I think, doing that, who have been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. grow past the clubs. Like they, they just like you know what, I'm not going to do clubs. Like if they still have that unique thing to give, and they have a draw, yeah. or fan base, and they're going to do a theater because then you have more control over how the audience is treated when the people are coming there to see you not to just you come know, to a comedy club and then they're you eat know, frozen pizza and just put past past time before not they do whatever even uh, cooked pizza just no like that's it. here's a, cook here's a it frozen brick of cheese five dollars extra if you want that warm yeah it's a 30 cents per every 30 seconds in the microwave <laughs> so if you feel like it's too hot sorry yeah but but you know exactly yeah i would love to get to the point where i could do theaters i mean even now i'm not doing theaters but i'll do these weird Little like places. Indianapolis, like just this punk rock bar, but these guys wanted me to come, and I happened to be in Chicago at the time, so it was easy to drive down there and do it. Oh, nice! And it's and it's an event, you know. It's more. It's like one night. Make it there. Don't like when you 
I'll be here for nine shows. Yeah, it's yeah. hardly <laughs> seems like a sounds, priority. You already sound excited about it. Nine times I can see that. Uh, uh, well, here's a here's a saying nine. Here's shows a question specifically about a club. Yeah. Well, I I know. I mean, here's a question. Um, who are some of the people that you see that seem to have gotten things that you are hoping to get? Like like mm, examples. People you're trying to mimic in a sort of a way, and they're in their kind of longevity. Um, I still think, by the way, the subject is longevity. I think it is. Yeah, fear, fear isn't it? But it, like, but the longevity motivated by fear. But there, oh, good one. Good, there you go. Good summation. That's way too much to put into a, a, little, <laughs> a little thing. People are like, oh, it's too many syllables. Got to take up the whole iTunes bar there. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, continue. I was. Uh, what was going on? Uh, no, were you going to no, say? Like, I mean, obviously, guys like Patton mm-hmm. and guys that you do. The, Which Patton? Uh, General? General Patton. Oh, the General way Patton. he's done yeah, things yeah. is just. He is know, such a good comedian. You dominate. You Hilarious. dominate. I, I like him. how that whole American flag he's got behind him. <laughs> that's thing. a lot of art, the art of war. Great. Right? That, that's how I approach comedy. He's like a patriotic Gallagher. He just explodes patriotism <laughs> patriotic all over the front row. Gallagher. <laughs> just all over the front row. It's covered in patriotism. <laughs> Bring your tarp. You're going to get covered in love for your country. You're going to get freedom all over you. <laughs> That sounds like a really patriotic uh, guy going to a prostitute. You want to get some freedom on you? Anyway, continue, <laughs> continue what you were saying. Pat Oswald. You know some girl with big fake tits was called the Twin Towers at some point. Oh. Boom. Okay. I don't know if you know what that was. Gagagagaga. That's never been a song. No, anyway, uh, Pat Oswald, that's a guy that you admire. Yeah, he's helped me out a bunch, but also the guy that, oh, did stand up. Got other jobs and got opportunities to be on TV shows, but use that to then go do, do more stand, stand up, up. ideally, yeah. in, in, in an ideal sense of doing uh, club, like not going to a comedy club, like, oh, it's the guy from the show. And they just sit there and yell, you're the guy from the show. Well, like, isn't that why he did the comedians of comedy? Yeah. And that's the best example I could think of. Admittedly, I mean, I think uh, Daniel Tosh, you know, he did, sta- you know, had a stand up. He's been doing stand up for a long time. But, uh, you know, like him or not. He now uh, is doing, you know, gets to go do tours in huge theaters. It helps with the to show. people that know who he is. To people that know, see him. and it helped with the show. But he also does a show where he's still doing basically stand up. He's stand-up. making jokes. He's not uh, a character or anything. He's just himself. So that translates to on stage. He's making fun of things on stage. So there's no like, oh, you're like, you're not like the guy on TV. Uh, so that in, in a business way, I mean, I was open up for him. He's doing, you know. 4,000 seat theaters. Right. There's, I would rather, this again, always allowing yourself to change. I like the idea of doing smaller places, you know, the intimacy of like, I mean, UCB is a great example. What is the, I think they can pack in 150. If that. Something like that. Yeah. If that. <laughs> but, but the fact that everybody's right there. Yeah. And th- then I can see if there's a demand for it. Then I could see doing two shows or three shows there. Right, right. Because um, that intimacy, like, you know, 4,000, you're sitting in the back of a giant theater, stand up, like, you eventually you're checking your phone, you're kind of, you're not yeah, really engaged. I did, what was it? I, I, I did a college, it was, I think it was University of Tampa or Southern Florida or something like that. I don't remember, USF mm-hmm. Tampa, I think. And it was like the year, the beginning of the year was called the Roundup. <laughs> and it was like a kind of a, it was, First of all, it was uh, half the freshman class, which was 5,000 people in oh. this gigantic auditorium. And I was the MC. Yeah. So the, the thing was, I had to 
do they had written a script of like me bringing out the cheerleaders and now the football team and then i i had to do and it's like baron does five minutes brings out the <laughs> brings out the football team baron does two minutes brings out the cheerleaders baron, baron does three minutes bring out the bullheads who are the male cheerleaders that can't do anything athletic <laughs> <laughs> like but like uh and then it was then after that it was seth myers and charlie murphy that both did 45 so yeah. this was a three-hour experience that they wanted 5,000 18-year-olds uh. to sit there. And it was just you, as you were kind of talking about, you can't get a feeling for the audience and at so, all. Yeah, and some people just don't know. I mean, some people have put shows on. I think their intentions are in the best place, but they don't know, and they didn't ask somebody first on how to do something. And usually those are college gigs. Yeah. It's like, we're going to do it during lunchtime. Isn't that great? People are going to be walking in, I've, getting food, I've, see what you're doing, I've sit been, down. Yeah, I've no. been lucky with colleges. I, well, I don't, I've only done, I can probably count them on one hand, but mm-hmm. there's actually a couple that, like the people, they run it like a great show. show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's... Uh, the have like the a little school opener, of yeah. the Colorado School of Mines, dude. I remember that I did that place. Great show. That's like people come back like you got to get this gig, man. It's like a it's like a club gig because the, the whole audience is excited and they're and it's yeah the they're, school they're, of mines, the school of mines. It's an engineering school. But then you'll go to like a liberal arts guy, like oh you think you'd appreciate this? And it's just you know them looking like three oh. girls texting and just one guy. You know, yeah, who was the place I did like UNC Asheville? Great school. I did that yeah. place like three times. That well, that town is great. That's town. why I didn't realize that Asheville, North Carolina. Like somebody came through and like, you want to do a show here? Like, okay, it's driving, doing a driving tour. Like, this is the best city in the world. It's a pretty amazing city. Good you food have, too. Do you have Twelve Bones? I don't know what the hell that is. That's a barbecue place there. Oh, I barbecue. Like, this is, this is, I don't like that, barbecue. You want, you, oh, okay. I'm Let's joking. get controversial. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I'm like, joking. I'm joking. You do like barbecue? Yeah, I like are barbecue. You, are you indifferent to it? Um, you know what? I've never, I've never had the thought. I think I'm gonna get some barbecue today, or I might get some bar. Like excited about the prospect. If it's yeah. there, I'm like, oh, ribs, yes, sure. Well, sure. Yeah. If ribs are around, you eat ribs. But that's. I also feel the same way about ice cream. I've never thought about ice cream when I'm not around it. You never go out for ice cream? Never. Not even down the street here. Nope. On Hillhurst? Not at all. By God. But now, it's now I'm day. now I'm lactose intolerant. Nah. But it used to be when I when I could have cheese. That um or cheese and dairy that I was like ice cream patooey that's what I would say to it. You didn't take advantage of it. I didn't take advantage of it. Now my body's like, now you can never take. What happens when you're lactose intolerant? If I can ask, um, it's a bunch of different things that it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, I have a good joke about it. I get, I get. I might be entire. I have farts all the time, but I never saw it as a problem. It's the farts, but for me, it was not (laughs) only the farts. It was sometimes feeling a little nauseous. And also crippling pains in my stomach. Oh, cramps! Cr- like like churning, not cramps. Churning. It's so your it it's your body basically. Yeah, it's it's trying to churn <laughs> it back into butter. And guess what? Brown <laughs> butter is what uh, it ends up making. Uh, Boom! I took it though. Uh, <laughs> uh, brown butter, not just the Rolling Stone song. Brown is that brown butter? Nope. All right. I was gonna Nobody I was gonna sing it to to the Black Betty. What? Uh, black brown butter, bamblin. Yeah. Oh, brown butter, bamblin. That's where I was. Brown gonna... butter had a child. <laughs> bamblin. Oh. Uh, anyway, fear about the future. Why is Black yeah, Betty really? always got to have a child? <laughs> anyway, um, what the hell were we talking? 
<laughs> what are we talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. Quipling and then and imploded. That was the biggest thing. When I, I thought you were going to go further back. No, <laughs> you went right back to your stomach back. problems. No, 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 I went back to the stomach problems. <laughs> what we were talking about diarrhea. That's right. Oh yeah. Anyway, that's so right. to continue, when there's something in your pants, and what's that old? You know that that was old school rhyme. Yeah. When, when you're sliding in, your, in, when you're sliding in the first, and you feel like something burst, diarrhea. Have you heard Jim Hamilton's joke? Uh oh. <laughs> sliding in the first. It's like if you. If you're sliding into first, you deserve diarrhea. <laughs> you can you can overrun first base. <laughs> I, yeah, that's right. I have heard that joke. That's funny. It's got some of the best jokes. Jammy Hammy. Jamiltons. I was trying to quote that Truman Chipotle joke. <laughs> that, and I just massacred it. But it's, it's like a knot. You can't like I couldn't figure out the Because word. he he lays the groundwork for it earlier yeah. by actually quoting Truman Chipotle. I mean Capote. I can't even yeah. say Capote anymore. Anyway, it's really it's really interesting that joke. Um, that's my Truman Capote impression, or Capote X, as I like to call them. Anyway, Capotex. <laughs> that's what it spells. How many of these podcasts are just you? How many? <laughs> none of these podcasts are just me. How, you say how many? Yeah, just you. They're all just me. Guests, everyone you hear. Baron Vaughn's roller coaster of words. Exactly. Um, Baron Vaughn's roller coaster <laughs> words. Thank you for the name of my new talk show. Um, speaking of which, okay, so after diarrhea, and I was thinking this because you, 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 you acknowledged two people, Patton and, and Tosh, right? Yeah. And both of these guys have this longevity that you so desire, but both of them got it by doing some project that showcased them. In mm-hmm. some sort of way, and they were able to parlay that into X, Y, and Z. And is that something that you're trying to do? Uh, not try. I mean, if it if it if it shows up, great. Mm-hmm. But it's more of. But you're not like, trying I, to create I, it. You're not trying to go out there and like make it happen. Oh, well, I, I I go on auditions. I'm not good at. But it. you're not developing like your own like. Here's the Kyle Kinane show. No, I mean I'm sure eventually I'm going to sit down and and try and write some stuff mm-hmm. and you know try and come up with something like oh what can keep me in town a little bit more often. Right, and something that you also don't think is phony. Yeah, something that's not garbage. Some, you know, I'm again, I'm open to whatever opportunities. I'll listen. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to hardline and say no, not this, not this. Right, but for the most part, I mean, I grew up, <clears throat> excuse me, listening to the punk rock musics, and uh, that ideology stuck with me. That's like that's the reason. What's the ideology of punk rock music? Uh, yeah, now it sounds now it sounds stupid. No, continue. well, no, but just like, like seeing all these bands. I was talking with Jonah Ray about this. Go like going to my first uh, all ages show and seeing three hundred people in line for a band, and I'm just sixteen. I'm like, but they're not on the radio, and they're not on MTV. Like, how do people know about this, and why are they here? And that was pretty much the next word from there on. Yeah, M O U word of mouth, and also just doing something good, like. Because you could tell, like, it, regardless, there's no commercial success. Forget about it. Don't even worry about it. Do what you're passionate about and what you care about doing. Okay, and this is the ideology that Kyle can name. That's, well, yeah, that, that's gotten me this far. I've taken a very long road of, you know. The harder, 12, longer path. 12 years in comedy, and I only got to quit a day job two years ago. Mm. Okay. And times were quite thin up until maybe a year ago. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> no, you're, you're mocking me. I'm not mocking you. <laughs> you're not saying. I'm definitely not mocking you. <laughs> you're making sounds. I'm just agreeing with you. I'm, but making, like, but I'm letting you know that I'm listening. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. So I'll uh, not make uh, any sounds. Okay. I'll just look at you. Eye <laughs> contact's good. Okay. But you, uh, you know, like, okay, I, after every, like, I did, I, I did comedy because it was like, I'm going to do this regardless of what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. Regardless of there being a future in it, this is what I need to do. This is my 
a, a form of expression. How did you choose comedy, or did comedy choose you? Ooh. I, th- I, always, I mean, you, know, you could give me the... Cause I played not- music, and I had a lot of fun, but I, I still like... You know, the idea of performing was still... You know, playing music, and then that went away, because I wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what I did just, you play? Uh, guitar and some drums. Okay, so, just just two just two drums, some, just a couple of drums. You're like, just give me a bass and a snare. That's why it was mostly equipment problems. That's why I never made it. I just had a very a real shortage of uh, gear. Okay, <laughs> three strings and two drums. You're gonna make it. <laughs> three strings. That's ah, minimalist, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm the John Cage of punk. Yeah, I it, it, but that that approach to it, like I'm gonna do this because I like it, regardless. And okay. then it eventually, I gave myself like, all right, every year, all right, have you? moved forward from where you were last year are you getting more shows are people you know trying to contact you more to do their shows Mm -hmm. and it yeah it it was good enough i still had a day job it was like and then i'm like okay i'll move to california i'll give it a shot i got nothing else going on what am i gonna do just invest myself in some shitty day job and hope to get a couple more dollars out of that you where were you living just uh in chicago so you were in chicago yeah doing it this way and you're like i guess i'll go to la yeah, I was like, well, I mean, I live with my parents, and I'm like, well, if I'm going to move out, I mean, that's, what, that's what I never, like, everybody's like, oh, I'm living in the city, but they're always broke, and I'm like, well, I can stay with my parents, I have disposable income, and still go to the city every night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. So you're I'm like, why stay in the same town? If- why? Yeah, why just be broke you know, Near your a half hour, <laughs> a half hour away from where I work anyway? So I'm like, all right, I move, and Bronger and I moved out, Matt Bronger, who you know, mm-hmm. and... uh you guys made a pact. Yeah, we got to do this, man. You guys looked in each other's eyes and like did that handshake where like your hands all the way at the, the elbow. Bl- the blood shake, yeah. Oh, the blood shake. Well, that's not good for this. Yeah. This t- for 2011. <laughs> <laughs> Imaginary glasses. <laughs> anyway, continue. You and Matt Bronger. <laughs> I feel like I'm just interrupting something you would be doing all day anyway. Uh I would be lying if I if I didn't say that wasn't true. <laughs> but anyway, so you and Matt moved to the, from Chicago to La La. Yeah, yeah. He got out here a little bit before I did, but then I got out here, we got a place, and uh, yeah, just went at it. Was I was miserable, and I uh, had to learn the same lessons of everybody else. That they're like, oh, nobody needs me here. I don't have to. Like, <laughs> nobody's nobody's gonna call me to do shows. Like you have to go out every night. You have to you have to meet people. I mean, I've said it before. You have to even if you like. Oh, but I'm not that guy. I can't. It's not schmoozing. It's part of what you want out of this. Go to go to shows every night. Go you, hang and out. You, if you schmooze. In a schmoozy way, then you're schmoozing wrong. Yeah. Why don't you just talk to people? It's They're not, people. These are people. They these, have ideas. These are people that are trying to do the same thing you're doing. You have similar interests. Go make friends. Do it. And uh, so that took a while for me, like, because normally I'm not a very outgoing person, so that was kind of a weird thing. So I did it, and then uh, I was like, oh, okay, somebody called me to do a show. Okay, I'll do that. And then uh, <laughs> I like your I like your. Uh, that voice. So it was a very small victory. It's all I need. That so is. That's the, somebody that, wants me to do a show. It's the small victory. Like somebody likes. Somebody likes me. Yeah, I didn't have to <laughs> sign up for an open mic. Somebody <laughs> actually wanted me to do it, and I'll do it. And I'll do. Still to this day, I'll probably do every show, at least once. I kind of unless the same. it's horrible. I'm like, because even now, again, that's the longevity thing. I need to practice. If I'm not out doing a show, somebody else is, and they're moving ahead faster than I am. Yeah. Um. You got to keep up. I'm lazy by nature, so if there's one thing I know I can do, it's like I'm gonna go to shows. Lazy okay. by nature, the way less successful rap group than Naughty by Nature. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> they almost released an album, yeah, they, <laughs> but they're so lazy. Uh, let's just do an EP. 
I don't want to record a whole bunch of songs. Let's not do that. Two sides. Let's just do a P. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, continue. That's it. I mean, well, so you pursue, little, yeah, and just okay. A year ago, and I would always have things written down uh, on a calendar, like I have all my shows written down. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go back. All right, last year, look at that. You only had three book shows, and now it's all we have two every week. All right, you're doing right. And I'm also not changing my material. I'm still talking about what I want to talk about. And uh, if you know, just all I can guarantee is that I put out quality. That's the only thing I can be in control of. Is that it's what try you, my hardest every show? Want to talk about. Yeah, and, and 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 it's and it's hopefully good. I still beat myself up if I have a lousy show because I was off or I was tired or I just I didn't try. I do, I do the same. I because nobody else nobody else is going to get on me. They're just going to like, oh no, this guy's funnier. We listen to him now. Like that's it. That, there's no, <laughs> there's no boss getting on you. There's nothing. You, you're only. It's only yourself. You're the, you're the only one making sure that you stay relevant and keep pursuing things and keep busting your ass. So that's why I have to be hard on myself about this. Opposite question. <clears throat> okay. What is the worst situation you see for yourself? Like, what is the thing that you fear? Because you're talking about you want to not be being unaware. Like, I already still. I mean, I am the typical. You know, 34 i'm like going skateboarding and stuff like that i am already like you're an old person but i justify that by like well my neighbor's sitting there yelling at football sunday and uh <laughs> that's stupid so i'm gonna so, do stupid in my own way well no but it's uh, with the idea it's like grow up it's like at least i'm doing the sport you're just yelling at tv impotently uh, I'm out doing things. So I you know what? I am going to wear skateboard shoes because you're wearing a football jersey and last time I checked you weren't taken to the gridiron anytime soon, but I'm going to go <laughs> skateboard and ride a bicycle around. So that's but the, but the unawareness like you you'll see people that are still at open mics or maybe they're not but, but like people just complain like oh, I just don't know why I just, I'm just not not getting the brakes. It's like you're doing the same jokes. From when I moved here in 2003. And those didn't work. And they weren't doing, like, you're not listening. You're not, Mm. you can't just, I don't want it to be a holding pattern. Some people, they'll just go to classes. They'll go to acting classes out here. And they feel like that's, that, that's, that, that, that justifies why they moved out here and that they're pursuing show business because they just go to these classes and eventually it's just, it's like a support group, like these open mics. It's just a support group for people, and they, they maybe it's fear that keeps them away from trying to get books somewhere else. They or, have a use, but they they're them in themselves. They're not the thing. They're used to get somewhere, but just doing that doesn't mean you're doing anything. Yeah, it was like if I'm going to go do an open mic, I'm going to be damn sure I'm going to bring new material. You see these guys just doing the same stuff, and it's just the small accolades from anybody that might be there, and it's it, like that and that satiates. Like oh, that, I did it. Yeah, I I pursued, but in yourself, you you do you are deathly afraid, deathly. I'm putting that yeah. on you, afraid of being unaware. Yeah, I'm like, like if I'm just gonna keep going at something like that, and that's the thing. Like, how do people feel back in Chicago? Like, yeah, Kyle's out trying to be a comedian. Like, I feel like I have successes. I feel like I've done okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make a living off it, not a huge living, but I don't wake up and go to a job. That's I already. I feel like I won. I don't own any property. <laughs> I, I have a roommate. The idea of owning uh, property is completely beyond me. Oh, I don't I, even know how people I, do that. I don't. Yeah, like just. Well, what about? I have a friend. Do you know Michelle Buteau? Have you met her at yeah. all? We were in New York together for a really long time. And when mm-hmm. I met her, when she was doing stand up, she because she would always people thought, oh, she's really like aloof, 
Mm-hmm. And then I came to find out that her job was she was a night editor at NBC. That basically she went in from like 11 o'clock to 7 a.m. and like edited things for like the news or something. I'm, I feel like I'm not mm-hmm. putting it right. And of course, she would explain it better. But like she worked like a crazy night graveyard shift job so she would but she would Mm -hmm. still go out to do stand-up and be completely tired because she went to bed at 7 a.m yeah well there's people that do that that here yeah exactly it's a rarity and i'm like how do you well you moved out here to do comedy yeah it's like okay i gotta go up early because i gotta go to work exactly and somehow and i do not understand this she owned an apartment somewhere in like a good neighborhood that sounds suspicious and i was like That sounds suspicious. Even well, people it like sounds getting- suspicious, but some people are just good with their money. Like, how I, good do you have to be to like? If you, because personally, I'm like the moment I have it, I feel like, oh, I just had that. Where did it go? Uh, I guess fun. Yeah, I bought I, fun. I, I bought something that I didn't necessarily. I bought an experience that I've already forgotten because I'm already sitting here like, how did I? Yeah, but you lose know that what? Fifty bucks. I don't think I've had a bad day. What do you mean bad day? A long time. I'm always. Doing like something to, to go like yeah, let's go, let's go out, let's go. I mean, let's go do fun things. Yeah, I don't know that Design I design my life around fun. I don't know that I do have enough fun. Really? Yeah, hang I'll, out with me. <laughs> we'll go have fun. I think you would exhaust me. What's exhausting about just sitting outside drinking beer and watching people? Fucking being that's around people. That's fun to me. That's the that's the that's the thing. You sit in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you sit in the back and silently. Oh, they can't see the judgment. Put some, That's the part I've been doing let's make wrong. Make some rum and cokes in a big gulp cup. And go, to the, <laughs> go to the Glendale Galleria. <laughs> okay, maybe we could do that. I mean, I guess you know, I I'm learning and I'm trying to be okay with this because I think that I have to be okay with it to get past it. <laughs> it's very therapeutic, okay. <laughs> but uh, I think I'm really antisocial. Like I I I discovered quote unquote that I'm introverted, right? And really? I know that you're looking at me like you're well, very but, but loud. But I'm the one. I say I'm socially awkward man. too. Well, I don't know if that I'm socially awkward. I'm just introverted, meaning that when I'm around people, I, there's a point where I'm exhausted by it. It, it. They say it's like however you charge your batteries. Like if you're like, oh, I need to charge my batteries. If you're a person who goes out to charge their batteries or stay in around no one. And that's what I choose. Like I, if I go to a party, it takes me three days after it before I can go out again. I get that too. but uh, And also... It's that like everybody's on, especially when all you know are showbiz people. Everybody's like, I just, I, I cherish, like I cherish having non-showbiz friends. Like, oh, we could just shoot the, and the jokes, they're organic. It's not like somebody constantly trying to barrage. I mean, it's some people that are just funny people and you get along. And that's what you do. You make jokes, you make fun of stuff. Right. But some people I can't stay friends with. Like, they just don't stop. They don't stop. And so I've got a few friends out here that are just not. That's why show I, business related. Like, oh, let's please let's just go hang out. Yeah, I, same, same, same. You know, especially being from Vegas, and I have people from Vegas come and visit. And when I was mm-hmm. in New York, so like I know people from all these. And plus, I'm more of a one-on-one person. Yeah, like I like to sit with someone and have a conversation instead of like let's go to a place and then we're at the yeah. place. Well, yeah, no, two people can you know you can get really you can get deep in a conversation, but otherwise you're just five people at a bar just shout. I love this song too. All right, let's do shots. You know, it's hardly you're not gonna uh, discover anything. And when it's one on one, I don't like to like. Someone was like, "Hey, let's go bar crawling." I'm like, "What? Just the two of us? Like, that doesn't make any sense." But uh, maybe it would have been total sense to me. <laughs> I guess it's like being being two people around a bunch of people that we don't know, and then doing it over and over again. That's how I saw it. Maybe it would have been fun, and we would have had a good experience 
Just like, hey, the two of us, we're out. Yeah, yeah. drink here. Now let's go down there. Drink there. Now let's go down there. Drink there. Sleeping yeah. car. Yeah. Sleeping car. A little bit of a lost weekend. <laughs> but you know, I, I think I'm just. I'm <laughs> Are you tired to, now? Are you exhausted now I'm from this? I'm just thinking about it. It sounds like you wear yourself out. You're I like, do. It's like I get in my head about it and I'm like, I'm like, shit. Like I keep thinking, like, this is, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. <laughs> like I have a new joke where I say it, but I really dread the question. So what do you do? I can't deal with that question. I just can't deal with it. Because you don't want to deal with the, the response because that they'll I'm have? Because I, I don't want to deal with actually telling them what I do. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to deal with making really great lie. Both of those are exhausting to me. Yeah. There's, there's one thing I've done on planes. Like if I'm going somewhere and someone's like, so what do you do? Like someone chatty on the fucking plane. Mm-hmm. And I try to come up with something that isn't a lie, but isn't the truth. But it's just interesting enough for the conversation to be over. <laughs> right? So that way they'll be like, oh, okay. Let me look at Sky Mall here. Like, you know, if you. What have you said? What have you. What have you- the, 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 the one that I came up with is uh, when I was doing a lot of colleges. When I was doing stand up at colleges. I was like, mm-hmm. well, I do, a, I do a, a public speaking thing at colleges where, you know, I'm fresh out of college. So I come to these schools to kind of just tell them how to adjust to life after school, you know, how to get ready for it. And I'm like, oh. This sounds like a really good service. Yeah. Conversation done. That they're like, I don't, they don't want any details. I've given them enough details that they're like, I think I know what that is. You're going to be boring to talk to. Exactly. See, I look at, especially when the beard's all wily, nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> People are more surprised that I was even allowed on an airplane. There was a. There, let alone. There's and a then guy, earphones in. Just nope. They're like, huh? <laughs> How's no. He What's up with Beardy McGillicuddy? You know, you're getting out of me, and excuse me while I reach over for the five beers I'm going to drink on this flight. Why has childless Father Time gotten on the plane right now? Father Time when he was still Daddy Time. And he was just Jonathan Time before he became a father. Anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? Um, Again, I don't know. Shut up. You're, you're, you're entertained, though. That's the, you're like a little kid that sings the songs all day until he falls down asleep. That's why you're, you're tucking yourself out. That's exactly what you, what I do. I don't know why. I'm, is that a bad thing? You, no. What are you trying to say? I, it's, uh, it's delightful. Oh, fucking shit. I totally forgot what I was going to talk about. Can you play it back? <laughs> fucking shit. I forgot what I was going to talk about. Can you play that back? <laughs> so anyway, brown butter. Brown butter. Brown butter while you're at. Brown butter had a child. Father Tom. Brown butter had a child. Um, I'm just saying everything that we've said. <laughs> you don't just do place. this on airplanes? What do you do? Got farts. Okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah, I, I should do that. I should be a lot more like, Scott, Scott, today, hey, this was seat 22B, you know, and then someone's like, ah, oh, great, metal seat. You see somebody go, ah, oh, shit. Do you want the aisle? Do you want the aisle? I'll sit in the middle so I don't You might want to get up and walk. <laughs> exactly. Um. Oh crap! I forgot what I was gonna say, but it was good. Man, the things you were making up to tell people on uh, airplanes. Like you don't want to answer the question, uh, "What do you do for a living?" I don't like yeah. saying I'm a comedian because it's uh, yeah. It's oh, the I expectation. Remember, I remember what I was gonna say, but it's not that important anymore. Yeah. Do you know Rob Paravonian? Yeah. Because he, he he's a guitar comic. Yeah. Even though he hates that term, yeah. but he usually walks around New York with a guitar in his back, and he said, "When you have a guitar, people ask you, oh, what do you?'" What do you play? What kind of music? And he said he figured out what he has to say for people to not ask any follow-up questions. Speed metal. He's like, I play speed metal. Conversation over. 
Really? Because I'd be like, oh, right on, man. Like like black metal, speed metal, or more like skate thrash. And you're the person he dreads. <laughs> the person <laughs> who's going to be like, oh, like thrash, black, blackity thrash, thrash, trash bag. Metal bag, metal. Blackity thrash. Black, black, thrash. I love blackity thrash. <laughs> blackity thrash. That's one of my favorite bands. <laughs> Blackity Thrash yeah. sounds like an awesome wrestling name. It was, uh, yeah, either that or I think it was Fishbone's first name. It was Blackity, <laughs> it was Blackity, Blackity thrash. thrash. And they decided, let's not have the word black in there. Um, do you know The Urge? People get it. you know that band, The Urge? No. Okay. Never mind. No, Urge Overkill. Yeah, Urge Overkill. Who was at Bumbershoot with us? Yeah. Did you I get to see them? I thought about, no, I didn't see anybody at Bumbershoot. Didn't you see? Didn't I, you see like, I saw a couple bands, but nothing. Yeah. I was I was relegated to the comedy room. So That's just, right, man. You hustled. Speaking I of doing freaking, a lot of yeah, you were great though. Well, thanks. <laughs> you blew it like. But I mean, for for shows in the middle of the day, again, going back, like, oh, what people expect. Oh, I think comedy at these music festivals. That's great. I think that's like yes. This is this is uh, can stand side by side with music acts, and still people are. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just a safe haven because it's inside. It's not people are the fucking jazzed about the comedy at up two there. o'clock in the afternoon. Packed people house. were packed and, and and laughing their ass off, having a blast. And that was the biggest as comedians were like, can, can this be it during the middle of the day? And I had the thing of, I knew. People were going to come back to see other shows. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, I, I enjoyed that. Maybe I'll come back and see this uh, mm-hmm. Freestyle Love Supreme and Rory Scovel show I heard about. You know, yeah. And I'm still there. I'm still there. Yeah. So if they saw you and, and, and Hurry and, and uh, Jezelneck, which was a yeah. great show, really, and I like the lineup, too, because the three of you couldn't be more different. Yeah, in, it was in my, a very, in my very diverse show. Um, they were like, oh, let's go see this other thing, but I'm still going to be there. So I had this consciousness of like, ah, oh, this audience is going to be, I guess... I get that because, you know, there's a lot of audience that, like, mm-hmm. they think we're just making it up as we go on. Yeah. And some comedians are brilliant at just making it up as they go along. Yeah. I'm not one of those. And I, <laughs> neither am I. Like, I can riff if it ha- needs to happen, but, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go, I'm just going to fucking riff it and see. Yeah. I'm just going to let fucking, I'm going to open up this vessel and let the comedy God speak through me. Actual quote from someone I stopped talking to. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, we can't ever talk again. Um, but I had this con- I had this self-consciousness that the audience was going to be like, boo, same jokes as yesterday. This guy has got six minutes. I'm like, oh. So I tried to switch it up as much as I could, sometimes successful, sometimes. Same. Well, then, and that's what I was, okay, going back to the nine shows in a week. Yeah. If, like, eventually it's like, I if need to start. 15 in three days, it's a very Yeah, well, but it's shorter sets, not 45-minute sets. That's true. But the idea, like, okay, time to dust some, like, time to keep chops up, time to sneak a new one in. And I wrote, Just to keep yourself from losing your mind. I wrote, so, like, some new shit so, while I was there. Well, that's good. That I'm starting to do more. I was like, oh, I gotta do this. Yeah. Some things that happened in Seattle, but... That's beside the point. What are you now? Are you gonna when you're in Vancouver? Yeah. Are you do stand up on your off nights? Yeah. There? You know, when I was in Vancouver last year, I became severely depressed. Really? And I didn't know that's what it was because I'd never really been so depressed. Because it's just away from well, your family and friends. Or? I was completely isolated. Mm. I couldn't do anything. I uh, had really no one that I knew outside of the crew of the show and the yeah. cast. And I guess in my brain, I was like, oh, they fucking live here. They want to hang out with a guy from work or their friends and actual friends and family that yeah. is in Vancouver. I'm, like, I'm not going to bother them. That's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Who knows if they wanted to actually hang out with me? I found out that they did. So I was like, oh, well, I could have <laughs> had fun. 
Um, and then the then the cast is all they're all married, and I guess I saw it as like when when they weren't on set that they were hanging out with their husband or wife, mm-hmm. or going back to L.A. to visit their husband or wife, or with each other talking about how they missed their husband or wife. That's how I saw it. <laughs> Don't know if that's what's happening, but I was convinced. Uh, but I got. I was telling somebody what I was feeling because I just when I had a day because I would have long breaks like two weeks where I'm not doing anything and I hadn't I moved out of New York but didn't live in L.A. yet. Okay. So I literally had no home in America afraid to use my cell phone because I'm in Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've gone through that. Like first cell phone bill was fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> I could just make a couple calls. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm texting like 50 cents a text and I had no idea. And I'm like, I can't pay that. And they're like, we'll, we'll work you out something. <laughs> hey, good news. I got them down to seven hundred. I, Hooray, <laughs> I, li- I win. I did that with a like a seven hundred dollar phone bill once. I'm like, this isn't you can't do this. <laughs> Dude, there was a guy. In, it's not like somebody's working harder. Exactly. Because of exactly. this, it's just you. You just weird laws and get rules to and do this. You just get to it's not exactly. somebody else who's got to spin a wheel twice as fast because I'm making a phone call from a different place. There was a guy in I want to say upstate New York who a couple years back had a twenty five thousand dollar cell phone bill, and the reason is because his phone was it was kind of the beginning of phones becoming. Wi-Fi hotspots, mm-hmm. so he could hook up his computer to his phone and use that as the internet. Uh, okay. And they were charging him ridiculous amounts of money to do that, but it wasn't clearly written anywhere. Yeah, and the judge threw it out. The judge was like, "You can't charge him twenty five thousand dollars." Yeah, the judge was like, "Look, I can't get reception in here." He <laughs> come to judge. He started doing a weird fucking bit. <laughs> you know, he did some Flip Wilson. It was so weird. <laughs> <Get on Instagram. laughs> that was my argument, though. I couldn't get. I couldn't get service in the AT&T store. Oh. And, I'm like, and I'm just like, you're going to let me out of my contract. And did, I'm did not going to pay anything. Oh, and they were like, well, sir. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I, the, the only reason I know my neighbors is because whoever has AT&T has to go stand on the sidewalk in front of the <laughs> building. And so we're just, it's just people outside in front of the, it was the, the old place. Actually, right over here. Andresina when I live there and just people walking by the phone like AT&T yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you I get together sometimes and like, bitch about AT&T yeah, I don't live in the I live in a major city and then walk like I'm like you're just gonna let me out of my contract is what you're gonna do and they, and, and they, they were like, like they, mm. they couldn't argue with them like I can't make phone calls from my own home yeah yeah and then as soon as I got out of that I uh they're like oh we're gonna put uh, like I got a public notice they're gonna put uh, on the church right over there a they're tower put, says cell phone panels up or whatever well how long ago was this a couple years maybe oh because when i first got here i had no reception in my apartment and suddenly mm-hmm. i did from at&t yeah from at&t and i was yeah, like what the AT&T fuck happened was garbage then i had t-mobile and those guys were jerks the terrible time att let's okay. complain let's be old people let's complain about our <laughs> but um what the heck was i talking about at we were talking about at&t oh so, cell phone canada bill. you were depressed in canada depressed in canada okay so I like how I'm the stenographer of the mind. Yeah, you are. You are the steno- stenographer <laughs> of the mind. Let's name your next album. Um, Kyle Kinane, stenographer of the mind. Brain, can you read that back to me? <laughs> yeah, you're a piece of shit. That is not what I said. <laughs> yeah, but it's the gist of it. Well, I can't argue with that. Well, I guess you're right. Man. I guess you're right, Steno. Because um, you can't say stenographer all the time. So many things in it. Steno. So many letters that turned into a word. Um so depressed in Canada, I didn't have an outlet to do stand up because I didn't know any comedians, and um, I didn't feel like I didn't want to do like the the swing swinging dick thing at like 
Canadian shows like, no, I'm important in America. That seemed like the biggest dick yeah. possible move. I was like, I could go hang out, but there's like always the times where I was going to go to a show, I got called in, and then could no longer go to a show. Yeah. Then I'd have two weeks off. But I got to the point where I was eating only Cheerios, because that was literally the only thing I had, bathing with dishwasher soap, because I did not want to walk the block to the supermarket to buy more food, because I had an uphill walk to my place. And that uphill walk became so impossible to me. It was just the idea of like, then I got to walk uphill. I could go get food. I think bathing with dishwashing soap is depression. Well, I told somebody all this stuff and they're like, maybe you're depressed. And I was like, oh shit, that's what this is. They generously threw a maybe in there. Yeah, they're like, I think maybe you're depressed. Yeah, <laughs> Palm Olive Pits over here might be a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't there. They were just hearing me talk about but washing it. my hair with toothpaste. But now might I, be a little down. But yeah, washing my hair with toothpaste. Oh, that would be a good one. So sticky. But then now I know some comedians because I ended up doing the Vancouver Comedy Fest that came at the, literally the last week I was in Vancouver. So I know oh, yeah, a few yeah, comedians. Yeah, you were up there. Um, so I know I know a couple comedians because of that, and I can get more maybe get some stage time, and I I can drive to Seattle and get some stage time. Seattle's such a great city, right? And I can fly back to LA now that I have a home here and get yeah. some stage time. Um, I know my cast better, I know the crew better, so and I'll live in a neighborhood that I'm not as isolated. So I think that I'll stay. Do they, off. Do they pick a place for you to live, or do you, are you on your own? On my own. Okay, you have to find your own place. They mm-hmm. gave me a re- relocation fee. Last year, which basically is like, hey, you moved to Canada. Here's a fee. We don't need to drive you anywhere. Good luck. That's kind of what it is. That's why I have to drive up there because I need a car. I need your car. There. And I can't rent cars. Oh, you can't? Why not? It's horrible credit. Oh, really? Yeah, no car company. I probably won't be able to rent now with a DUI. So. A Dewey. You know, unless you get a decimal in that system. Why did I do that? The DUI decimal system. You have a... a I, all these records of all the DUIs, let, just by let, the time let of day. run with it. No, I'm going <laughs> to... DUI decimal system. I'm going to call my next album that. Our band, which is a Tesla cover band, oh, we're going to call it DUI decimal system. Nope. All right. Anyway, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Be entertained. Be very entertained. Anyway, Kyle, um, here's my final question to you. Okay. I don't know what this voice is. Here, here Here's the thing. Um... Going forward, and I, this is probably something that you already know, or that you're—you you don't have to know. Going forward, what is it that you're doing to mm, deal with this subject of longevity? Uh, like, what steps are you taking? What are some st- potential steps? Everything that I've done now has gotten me this far, so mm-hmm. I don't want to mess with that. Which is just do as many shows as I can and keep writing material that's, you know, personal and. I throw observational stuff, but it's it's always personal stories or something. What the biggest challenge has been, like, try writing comedy about something you're excited or happy about. Mm. Like, it's easy to like, oh, I hate this. Or, I'm this. I'm sad. Like, the whole you know, comedians. Even I have a joke about it. I did it on Kona, but like, it's just me alone crying. It's like, all right, we got, we got. <laughs> Unless you really mean it, unless you're saying it truthfully, which I, you know, I was. I was like, oh, yeah, I will allow myself to cry probably three times a year and just blast it out. But got like right now, but but now trying to write material that's like, oh, I really like this. How do you make jokes about something that you really like? That's That's so interesting that you say that because that's kind of what I had started with. 
where I right. notice that like, don't you hate it? Or I hate it when I'm like, uh, well, I can be sarcastic and say, I love it when, and really I hate it. Yeah. But I could also just talk about things that, it, that I'm happy about. Or find something that you don't like, but then find analyze way- more why don't you like it or maybe there's a reason to you know be, or why do i like this yeah or why yeah but be optimistic about things so that's clown porn why do i love it <laughs> well it's clowns and it's porn it's clowns it? and, first of all it's sex <laughs> and it's question. funny my two favorite things <laughs> comedy <laughs> and sex finally together <laughs> exactly look out for that banana peel oh she fell on his dick so you're trying to write <laughs> The banana peel was actually a. Okay, it was actually a dick peel. All right. Um, is that a guy's name? Like a governor or someplace? Hi, I'm Dick Peel. No. All right. We had a guy in uh, Vegas who was named. No, it was um, New Hampshire. Dick Sweat, real person. Oh. I think he tried to go by Sweet, but it was spelled. Why don't you just go by Richard? Exactly. If your last name looks like Sweat, don't call yourself Dick. If your name is Richard. Unless his parents were just like, you know what? We're going to name him the nickname instead of the actual name, which people do now. I'm Jenny. Oh, is it short for Jennifer? No, I'm just Jenny. Jenny's on my birth certificate. Really? Yeah, people do that a lot now. Oh, what a waste. Anyway, I interrupted. You're trying to find things. You're trying to write in a direction where you're positive about things. Well, that's a, that's a challenge. Or you enjoy things. Yeah, because I mean, it is so much, so much negative comedy out there. And so just a challenge, like, it's easy to just... Ooh, there's nothing worse than somebody's like angry or just criticizing things without offering a solution. Like, listen, like unless, empty indignation. Yeah, unless you're studied political science, don't. Do this is the government. I'll tell you what's wrong with the government. No, you won't. You don't know jack shit. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody knows how, what's actually going on. And what are you what are you, what are you basing that off of? The media? Well, then you're wrong there too because you're be- believing that shit. Now I'm getting into conspiracy theory stuff. But I just <laughs> that's not really that conspiracy theorist. Yeah, uh, theorist. Yeah, the theory theoriums. Hi, welcome to conspiracy theory 101. <laughs> First of all, none of you are here. <laughs> <laughs> I want a paper proving why you're not. Okay. <laughs> this whole system's a lie, man. All right, read chapters three and four by tomorrow. <laughs> Exactly, but what were you saying? You were saying, it's got to be really good political stuff. If you know, it's funny first off, but just people like lonely comedians that don't leave the house talking about how the world works. It's like you don't even go out. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I, I, you got to talk about what you know. I know about my life. That's it. My dumb stuff that I get into. But you can only pull the woe is me shit for too long. I, my whole first album was like, oh, I'm frustrated because I work a day job. And this is, you know, I can't do Death those jokes party. anymore. Yeah, I can't do those jokes anymore because I don't, I'm not going to lie. Like, see people, oh, man, you, you know, you're at work. It's like, you haven't been at work for 10 years. You're a comedian. You travel around. So, so you're trying to go from woe is me to wow is me. I like wow is me a whole bunch. That one, that one really got me. Wow is me. Good. I like that one a whole bunch. See, genuine letting yourself like shit. I wrote some tweet. Uh, oh, God, I can't believe Unironically. Like, like I tweet. like things. Yeah. I enjoy my life. I'm out there. It's fun. You know what? And that's I was about to quote my own tweet, but I did write something the other day. It was like, it's sometimes it's hard to just genuinely enjoy things. When you're always around comedians. Yeah. And I got retweeted a bunch. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's uh, every comedian going, a lot I of wish comedians. I could say this. Well, it's like, it's because sometimes it's just like, you can't, 
just can't we just sometimes talk about something that is just how it is but exactly instead of making fun of something what is it when you're both talking about something you like and making jokes about it like what's but jokes to support it exactly down not build it up not laughing at but laughing because with i'd say with with (laughs) i don't know if that makes any sense but that but the it's and plus it just puts you in a better place like if I'm constantly, how you if you start getting into your own voice with your comedy, it shapes how you look at things. Like some people just by default have to dislike things right away, and yeah. I and I was like that, and I I feel like I've changed, but a lot of times it's like oh I hated, I just hated everything. I hated every bar and new bands and this and that. And it's like what this is just eating away is such a waste of time. You became your voice. You became yeah. You become yeah exactly. I mean. Maybe some people are better with differentiating who they are on stage, but I'm, I'm not a character on stage. I'm still myself. Right. And but so you that, support that part of your brain, so you start to see things more in that way. Yeah. So now it has to be. Now it's more exploratory. Like, okay, am I doing things for the new experience for life, or because I'm going to try and get a joke out of it? Which, okay, what does it matter? Either way, I'm going to do something new. I uh, try new food. Uh, you know, more open to doing new things now. Maybe because it, like, hey, it's great if I get a story out of, it, but if not, like, wow, I was just. So methodical, like I go eat at this place and I come home and I watch this show. And if you come to, to Canada while I'm there, if you come to Vancouver while I'm mm-hmm. there, I'll take you to a fantastic restaurant. I know a place. Oh, Canadian food. Anyway, get out of my apartment. <laughs> the Wait, end. What's Canadian food? No, it's an Indian restaurant. It's oh. in Vancouver. Okay. No, Van- no. Vancouver has some of the best restaurants in the world. Now you can kick me out. Get out of my house. All right. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Kinane doing it to it you know getting DUIs because of singing Tesla Uh, if there's one thing that you should have learned from this podcast it's don't listen to Tesla really don't do it don't listen to any band that is named after some sort of inventor don't listen to Edison uh, and don't listen to um, Dyson Even the album, uh, you know, Vacuum Cleaner or whatever the fuck. I can't think of anything. I got nothing better than any of that. That's what happens when I'm improvising. Anyway, that was Deep Shit, and uh, we will see you next time. Do it to it. Bye. <laughs>